Then his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we are perishing. But he said to them, Why are you fearful, O you of little faith? In the holy name of Jesus. Faith is not encouraged and strengthened when you are healthy, well-off, and prosperous. No one cries out for healing and preservation when they think that they are healthy. No one pleads to God for their need when they think that they are well provided for. No one prays for success when they think they've gotten that success already. When things are going well, your faith often grows weak. Trust in God is increased in trial, in testing, through difficulty, and in need. When Jesus and the disciples got into the boat, the sea was calm. The disciples didn't see any danger ahead, and they're the kind of people that should know, many of them having been fishermen on that very sea. Because Jesus was with them in the boat, they wouldn't have any trouble, or so they thought. And Jesus even suggested as much as he laid down in the stern on a pillow and slept. There was nothing to fear. And if you asked the twelve if they believed and trusted in God, they wouldn't have hesitated to answer, well, who else? Why wouldn't I believe? But then the things, then things change. Jesus is snoring away, content and calm, but the wind, it roars and the waves rage against the boat. The sea itself is now that great Leviathan that seeks to swallow up Jesus and his disciples and drag them all down to the depths of the sea. And the disciples are overcome with fear, shaking and quivering. They come to him and they awake him and say, Lord, save us. We are perishing. God disciplines those whom he loves. The Lord caused the wind and the waves to rage against that boat. You don't have to like it. Just believe it. You can talk bigly about Jesus and faith and godliness when things are going well. But what happens when Jesus puts his cross on you? When you have to contend with the devil's lies? When the world assaults you? Your flesh tempts you? And hell itself is coming after you? Well, it's in those moments it'll be clear what kind of faith you actually have. As it was for the disciples, your weak faith is exposed and brought to light. Faith is nowhere better discovered than when under cross and trial. Lord, save us, we are perishing. Now that is a cry of faith, but as Jesus calls it, little faith or weak faith. The Lord Jesus is leading them to confess an even greater faith, a faith that might say something like this, well, let Jesus sleep, so what? Let the winds howl and the waves break into the boat. Even let the great sea monster swallow us up like it did the prophet Jonah. Drag us down into death for all we care. Where Christ leads, there we will follow. We remember the words of Job. I know that my Redeemer lives. And on the day, last day I will see him with my very eyes. My flesh shall behold him. That's the kind of faith Jesus is driving you towards. 
And that's why Jesus would have you read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest his holy word. Because it's in that word we learn who Jesus is for us. We learn who we are by nature. We come to find Jesus as the source of our hope, our confidence, and patience. We come to learn in the scriptures what kind of gifts the Spirit gives us for the struggle. Not taking us out of the struggle, but for it. The weakness of their faith is not that they don't trust Jesus. They cry out in the way of the psalmist, say Psalm 44. Awake, why do you sleep, O Lord? Arise, do not cast us off forever. Why do you hide your face and forget our affliction and our oppression? For our soul is bowed down to the dust. Our body clings to the ground. Arise for our help and redeem us for your mercy's sake. That sounds like their prayer, doesn't it? Lord, save us. We are perishing. A little shorter, same idea. But in that word, too, Jesus or the disciples would have learned that Christ alone is Lord of heaven and earth. Lord of the water and the sea. With Psalm 65, they would confess, You who are the confidence of all the ends of the earth and of the far-off seas, you who still the noise of the seas, the noise of their waves, and the tumult of the peoples. Or maybe they ought to have remembered in that moment Psalm 121. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. Or just simply Psalm 91. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. That's the kind of faith that Jesus would have us pray. And through the testing of the storm, Jesus is building up such faith in them, encouraging them for what is to come for the trials that they will experience. This storm on the Sea of Galilee, it's really nothing like the ones that they will experience later. They will be brought under sickness, trial, imprisonment, and sword. They will be mocked, ridiculed, slandered, and abused for their confession of Christ. And all of them but one will be martyred, killed for confessing Christ. Jesus is preparing his own now so that when they need him desperately in those moments, they will call out to him in their day of trouble. As we are taught to confess in Psalm 34 by David, the righteous cry out and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and saves such as a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Wait, what? Many are the afflictions of the righteous. That seems backwards. It's the righteous that are afflicted? Yes. The life of the Christian and all those in Christ's church is lived under the cross. And it must be revealed to you and trust worked in you by the Holy Spirit if you're going to see your way through it. Otherwise, you wouldn't want to have anything to do with it not with faith in Jesus, not with the life of the church. You should see the face of the new convert when I've had that opportunity. When I tell them that by joining this confession of faith, confessing Christ as their Lord, their life will now be worse. 
It's not going to be easier because you're a part of Christ's church. It will be more difficult. They're a little surprised. The devil, the world, sin, and hell will rage and storm against you because you are with Christ and you are in his ark, the church. But the even more shocking confession is that this is exactly how Christ wants it. Christ's kingdom and the world's kingdom operate in completely opposite ways. We see storm and waves crashing upon the boat as evil, seeking to destroy the disciples and Christ himself. But faith, faith in Jesus, sees the storm and the waves as a fire that tests and makes true. The world's kingdom is increased and strengthened when there's peace and calm. And the world's kingdom is weakened and diminished when there is war and catastrophe. But Christ's kingdom is diminished when there is earthly peace, joy, quiet, and calm. Christ's kingdom is enlarged, expanded, and strengthened by sorrow and persecution. That's why the scriptures often, and the fathers of our faith, describe our life as Christians as like a voyage at sea. You'll hear it in our hymnody, you'll hear it in the psalmody, you'll hear it in the prophets. You are often overwhelmed, in danger, attacked, and offended by the winds and waves of this life. Even your own feelings, inclinations, passions, and desires attack you from within, never giving you a moment of peace and quiet. And then Jesus places that ship, that ark, right in the midst of this world among his worst enemies. There's the devil lying in wait, that great Leviathan, nipping away at Jesus' heart, soul, spirit, and conscience, and all those who are with him. And the world is jabbing away with its word, at his words and works and teaching and life. Even your own sins rise up against Jesus with pride and unchastity, hatred, rage, and greed. And it seems as if all these enemies of Christ and they're attacking, that they will overwhelm you, your faith, and Christ's church. But they attack you, they attack Christ, because you are with him. His enemies are now your enemies, and that's why the life of the Christian, the life of the church, is one of suffering and trial, testing, difficulty, and need. Why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing. The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. Psalm 2. But let them rage and storm against Jesus and against you and against his church. For he is the Lord of heaven and earth, of the sea and the dry land. Even their winds and sea obey him. Even all the attacks of the devil in this world and our flesh, Jesus uses for your benefit, for our benefit all. To increase faith. To take us from that little faith that just cries out in need, but a faith that trusts that Jesus will see us through whatever he throws our way. And remember, as we sang in the intro, of Pharaoh and the Red Sea. They sought to destroy Christ's people, 
Moses then, though, struck the sea with his staff, and the Lord caused the wind to blow and to put the waters up in a heap so that the people could pass through on dry land. It's the same thing that happened today in our gospel. Even the winds, as the winds howl and the waves crash upon those disciples, Christ Jesus is no less Lord of sea and winds as he was with his people as they passed through the Red Sea. And likewise, he's your Lord too. You cannot perish either. No matter what this world and your flesh and the devil himself throws your way, even if you're poor, weak, ailing, even if you die, you know that your Redeemer lives. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Amen.